0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. I have Dr. David Hill with me, who I have the pleasure of knowing through the American Academy of Pediatrics, fellow pediatrician, And, Dr. Hill, I would love for you to tell audiences more about you, who you are, what you're most interested (laughs) in in pediatrics, and the things that really drive you in terms of kids' health.
1: Wow, that's a really heavy... How long do we have? How long do we have? Yeah, like
0: hours. Uh, Let's just go for hours.
1: (laughs) Okay. Let me start with a professional description. I work as a pediatric hospitalist right now. At Goldsboro Pediatrics in Wayne County, North Carolina. However, before that, I was an outpatient physician and practice owner and manager for a very long time. I do a bunch of stuff for the Academy. I'm on the Council Management Committee, which manages councils. But before that, I was on the Council on Communications and Media. So we talked all about, you know, kids and screen media. I also do a lot of writing and editing for the Academy. My newest Book as released, I think today, actually, which is Co parenting through separation and divorce putting your children first, which I co authored with Dr. Jan Blackstone. But before that I was associate medical editor on our big, the big, I mean, big in a lot of ways, childcare book, caring for your baby and young child, birth to age five, and then prior to that wrote dad to dad parenting like a pro. I also edit those little handouts. If you, if you print the AAP pediatric care online handout for your patients, Hey, I have a little hand in that too. So I'm doing an awful lot of fun things for the Academy right now and just kind of love pediatrics and I love communication. Dang,
0: I did not know that part. I mean... People say I do it all. I think maybe I found my match here. (laughs) All right. So this book though that you wrote about co-parenting through separation and divorce, I really want to talk about that topic in particular. And this is a heavy topic, right? We don't take this lightly. We want to just acknowledge first and foremost that we understand that this can be a topic filled with a lot of grief, with a lot of pain, but then also in the end, a lot of self-discovery and a lot of opportunity for really caring for our kids in special ways. So first, I would like to start with kind of the elephant in the room that I think people really have, which is a question people have, which is really, how do I help my kids be okay? What do my kids need the most as I go through a separation and, and
1: divorce? Right. I am so glad that you said the elephant in the room because I've been thinking about this Father's Day is coming up. And I remember when I realized that we were headed for separation and divorce, my overwhelming thought was I am ruining my children's lives. They're going to be scarred forever. Nothing is ever going to be okay again for them, and it's all my fault. And uh, even worse, I'm a pediatrician. I'm supposed to know how to take care of my kids. I'm supposed to have an edge here, and here we go. Going to ruin them. But there are a lot of ways that you as a parent can help your kids be okay. And I think, first of all, when we go, we, you know, my inclination is always to look for data. So I go back to the studies. I'm like, how bad off are my kids going to be? And you see all sorts of awful things about mental health problems, academic difficulties, difficulty forming relationships in the future. And you think, oh man, this is just a disaster. But the study that nobody has done is to compare kids who are in really not working families as opposed to families that divorce. And so I think the first thing to remind yourself as a parent is, you know, if we got here, we probably did everything that we needed, that we could do, and this is where we have to be. So A, you got to let yourself off the hook there. B, The thing to do, number one, is to create a sense of normalcy for your child. They're going to want to know what changes, what doesn't change. Will I be able to keep my dog? Will I be able to see my friends? Where am I going to live? The sooner that you can get them answers about how life is going to be okay, the better. But the single most important thing you can do is to take all of your own fear and anger and frustration and deal with that separately. And it's okay to acknowledge, you know, your kid might see you crying. Yeah, I'm really sad right now. It's true. I am also, you know, sad about what's going on. But then, but what can we do? What are we going to do to be okay? And the most important part of that is remembering that as upset as you might be with the other person in this relationship, Both of you are committed to these kids being okay, and you might just want to lash out in all sorts of ways. Now is not lash out time. There really isn't lash out time, but you have to start by saying, okay, maybe this isn't working for us, but how do we together take care of these kids? Uh
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you bring up an important thing that I talk about all the time on this podcast, which is this like grace over perfection. It's okay. Even as pediatricians, to not know exactly what to do with your kids or not to do it exactly right, it's okay for all parents not to do things exactly right. There are a couple of basic tenets, though, with our kids. Number one, that our kids understand that they're still special to us, that our love for them never, ever changes, even as we go through a separation and divorce with our prior partner and now who's going to be our co parent And then number two, you talk about this in the book, really making sure that you are really, really conscientious about not being negative about the other parent.
1: Yeah, this is really critical. There are two things that I think are really, well, probably three things that are really important to repeat. One, you said, mommy loves you, daddy loves you, and I want to be very inclusive. It's not always mommy and daddy. Sometimes it's mommy and mommy. Sometimes it's daddy and daddy, but that both parents love you. And always will. And that's never changing. Number two, you did not make this happen. And uh, I think as as parents, it's obvious, well, the kid didn't do this. But children believe they have responsibilities and powers beyond what they do. And they can't hear it enough. And then you think, well, you know, my kid's older. My kid's 15. They know they didn't do this. Uh, They don't. They need to hear it at every age, even as adults. You know, we we have children who are becoming adults right now. They still need to hear, by the way, remember, you did not make this divorce happen. You did not make this separation happen. And third, you may be filled with negative thoughts about the other parent. Your child never, and I mean never, not as an adult, ever, needs to hear those negative thoughts because every child knows they're part each parent right and when you say oh you know this other person is you know awful in some way they're like oh but i'm like that person that person is half me so if you think that person is is irresponsible or frivolous or whatever you're mad about right now they're thinking oh but wait i'm I'm like that too. Now, on the flip side, feel free to say every positive thing you can think of you. I, I notice you are great at art. You know, I wonder if you get that from your mom. She has always been a fantastic artist. I, I love the way that you care for animals. That's really neat. You know, when we first got married, we had this cat, and she just loved that cat. And I see that in you. Feel free to reflect all the positives, but you know, oh, you're late. Your your mom was always late for everything. No, I, you could think it. Don't let it out of your mouth. Nobody needs to hear that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And for parents who are struggling with maybe they don't know exactly the words to say, they're not sure exactly how to support their kids. You talk a lot about getting outside help, both for yourself and for your kids.
1: Absolutely. You know, this is such a cliche, but I'm not I'm not frightened to throw around a cliche. Put your own oxygen mask on first. Your child is looking to you for support, for stability. And this is one of the least stable situations anybody can face. I built this life with somebody. I had a child with somebody, and now I'm not going to be with that person. It is one of the greatest stresses any of us faces. To expect anyone to go through that alone with no help. I don't know how anybody does it. Now, not all of us can afford like our own personal psychologist, right? I mean, not all of us can go on a Buddhist retreat for a month. But there are a lot of things that you can do. A, talking to friends. When you do that, though, let me say, notice which friends calm you down and which friends amp you up. And if you come away from a conversation with a friend even more amped up than before, oh, yeah, that I can't, yeah, right, you know, comment, go find somebody else. Find somebody who lets you come to peace, not who makes you even angrier. I love mindfulness, and there are a lot of paths to mindfulness that cost little to no money. There are tons of apps online. There are community groups that meet. Many people find that their faith home, their house of worship is really important to them at this time, and many houses of worship have laid People or the ministers themselves may be trained in certain forms of counseling. Go talk to them. This is what they're there for. So there are a lot of places short of a you know, full-price psychologist that you can go. There are also divorce coaches, people who just kind of help you get through this in a more efficient way. You're like, why would I need a divorce coach? Once you're, once you're looking at the pile of things you're going to have to accomplish, it may be very efficient to get that kind of help with it.
0: Mm -hmm. And just this idea that, I mean, if you're going to learn how to drive a car, you would get someone to teach you how to do it. If you're learning how to do this really complicated task, which is dividing up all of your assets and figuring out how you're going to create a schedule for kids that's consistent in both homes, you might need expert help for that too.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it can really be not mind-numbing, aside from the fact that you're probably emotionally devastated. Now you have a, a checklist of boxes a mile long to try and get your life reorganized in this new way. And anywhere that you can get help, I talk about just find your team, find your support network everywhere that you can. Be willing to use them all be willing to get any help you can get because lord knows you need it and your kids are depending on you
0: hi mama guess what our book the new baby blueprint is out in the world we're so excited because we know it's going to help change the new motherhood experience the bump said they say motherhood doesn't come with a manual but the new baby blueprint comes pretty close you can find it wherever books are sold or check it out at modernmommydoc.com forward slash book. Let's talk about the kids themselves as you're dividing things up and creating two homes. What are some of the things that you can do to create consistency for kids or to allow kids to feel like things are a bit normal or that things are more stable for them?
1: Right. So first, you want to make sure that a child has a space that they can call their own and they can feel safe. If one of you is lucky enough to still be in the home that the child was, was raised in, fantastic. But inevitably, there's going to be a new space. And to the extent that you can give the child some, some control of that space, that's fantastic. Can they pick a color? To paint the wall? Can they help you get the pillows and the bedding and whatever's going to be in there where they sleep? Maybe you're in an apartment. Maybe you just need a little partition or or something that defines, okay, this is mine. Another thing you wanna do within the financial possibilities, and one of the problems that comes up with separation and divorce is it's often a financially difficult moment as well, but anything that you can do to keep them from having to haul a bunch of stuff back and forth from house to house, because inevitably something will be forgotten. And you may not be able to afford to duplicate every single thing that there is, and there may be something like my daughter this penguin. She still has it. Stuffed penguin that we got in an aquarium in Tennessee. And this was the thing that brought her comfort. And I tried desperately to find another one. (laughs) There was no penguin is penguin. So penguin just had to come back and forth. But your child ideally shouldn't have to pack a giant bag to get back and forth. So make sure that there are, you know, t-shirts, underwear, socks, shoes, toothbrushes, you know, make it as easy as possible to go back and forth between homes. Schedules, boy, there there's so much to be said about schedules. But in general, the younger the child uh, The shorter the duration can be with each parent because they're going to sort of miss mom, they're going to miss dad, and again, that could be mom, mom, dad, dad. But then the older they get, the bigger hassle it is to go back and forth. So when you have teens and, and even young adults like we do now, week on, week off, even two weeks on, two weeks off works really well. But if you're looking at toddlers and preschoolers, often parents will kind of divide the weeks back and forth if they have equal time with each parent often. Courts and, and uh, the folks deciding these things figure that it's better to spend more time at one house than the other. But that's evolving. And that's evolving because I think, especially, more fathers are trying to be more involved or more involved with their kids. And so you're seeing more parents choosing an equal time with each parent sort of setup. But it's got to work for you and it's got to work for the child. So there's no one size fits all here.
0: hmm. Yeah. And how about if there are other people involved in this, other kids, maybe if you have a new partner, how do we do that to help support our kids?
1: Yeah. So that we've got, we've got a chapter or two there because Mm -hmm. your first response, well, your first response depends on what happened, right? In some cases, the reason that there's a separation or divorce is that one of the parties already has a new partner, Mm -hmm. and that can create some difficulties in and of itself. But in other cases, neither party has a new partner, and introducing that person, if and when you find that person, needs to be done with a lot of thought kids are going to have two kind of conflicting reactions one when a new person comes into your life they're going to see that person as competition for the other parent and they're going to hold on to a fantasy for a very long time that the two of you are getting back together and you're going to have to come at, you may think you answered that question yeah no you know mommy and dad are not getting back together i know you know you'd like us to You're going to have to answer it over and over and over again. And when you bring a new person in, they're going to have very conflicted feelings. First of all, oh my gosh, this means that my parents are not getting back together. I have to give up on that fantasy. But this person may also be my new parent. And so then there's a lot of hope. Oh gosh, I want somebody new in my life. And that's that's enormously emotional. You do not want to put your children through that bonding any more often than you have to. So you want to take some time and be really thoughtful about how you introduce a new person into the dynamic. Don't just move them into the house. And, and you'd think this is kind of obvious, but people do this. Hey, who's that moving into the house? Oh, that's my new partner. I guess you should meet. Uh, you know, uh-huh. you want to spend some time repeatedly outside of the house or in limited situations and see how that person interacts with your children. If you're really going to make this person a serious part of their lives, you need a sense. You need to have some real conversations about discipline. Find out how they were disciplined as a child, for example. If you're bringing in somebody who's like, well, you know, I got spanked and and switched and that worked for me and I turned out fine and that's how I anticipate child rearing for me and I think most pediatricians, that would be a nonstop starter, right? We have to mm-hmm. be You know what? That kind of punishment is not how we run our household, and we're going to need to talk about what the expectations are and and how we reinforce them because that's not something that we think is healthy. And you'd think again, this stuff is obvious, but people get very excited, they get very giddy, and they forget. and It's it's hard to have these conversations too because they might put the relationship at risk. What if what if you are at loggerheads with this person about how you raise your children, and then oh my gosh, here we go again. Reasons to start before you introduce the children to this person so that they don't have to grieve another relationship, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I interviewed Jancy Dunn, who wrote How Not to Hate Your Husband After Having Kids, which is a salacious title, but an amazing (laughs) book. (laughs) And half of what she talks about is this idea of really before you have kids or when your kids are really young having these conversations that are very much with your partner about how you want to raise your kids and then also about how you're going to divide up tasks and responsibilities and all of those things so that everyone kind of gets what they need. The reality is hardly anybody does that. I mean, we could coach people all day long to do that when they're having a new baby, but you're kind of in la-la land, like, this will be great. I'm sure I'll be able to figure it out. I'm the exception to the rule. When you come out of this situation from divorce and separation, you have slightly older kids. You know more what the challenges are of raising kids. This is actually an opportunity to start fresh on how do I want to approach parenting with another person or with a set of people, right? Your previous co proper How am I going to do this? And so it does behoove us to sit down and really have very, very concrete conversations about what's okay with me, what's okay with you, so that history doesn't repeat itself in some ways, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And often you want to consider the other party, your co-parent in this process as well, right? They need, because they're going to be involved in most cases, they're going to be involved in some way. And so really trying to all get together. Now, I know this is a little little pie in the sky for some people. This actually worked for us. My wife and my ex-wife, my co-parent already knew each other. We all knew each other from our prior lives and we're all you know in the medical field so we were able to have some very real conversations we still have to check in with each other every now and then at this moment we're dealing with covid-19 and so we're talking about well what are the kids allowed to do can they sleep over at somebody's house is is that okay so i mean it's an ongoing process where the co-parents are continuing to check in and say, hey, this is how we're doing this. Now, not everybody has a relationship that works that well. I I freely acknowledge that. But boy, if you can figure out a way to negotiate some of these things, the kids' lives are going to be easier if they know what to expect at both houses. And, you know, it's not going to be exactly the same ever. It can't be. But, you know, you can check in and say, hey, you know, the kids tell me they're not, you know, helping clean up the kitchen at your house. Just to let you know, we got them cleaning up the kitchen. Feel free to ask them to do that over there, you know, because it really is a multi-party conversation. And the more that you can calm yourself down and reapproach the co-parent and say, hey, here's some concerns that have come up. Or here's what we're thinking of doing. What do you think? It's really kind of a three-way conversation or in some cases, a four-way conversation in an ideal world.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And again, you're not alone on this, right? Your pediatrician wants to help you. We want to help you to help guide all parents in what we consider healthy hygiene for kids in terms of exercise, in terms of their nutrition, in terms of their sleep, all those things. So we can help to set some guidelines as to what's really healthy for kids that can
1: help them thrive. And that's one thing I want to really emphasize here. Of course, you know, we're pediatricians, so we know what we do. But for parents, your pediatrician is a tremendous resource. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm in the outpatient setting, I am referring people for all kinds of counseling all kinds of support. I think a huge thing that we do is look at any family's resources and say, okay, how can we get you what you need based on the challenges that you're facing? And it's what we do. So if you are facing a separation or a divorce you're in the middle of one, or things aren't going the way you wanted them to, approach your pediatrician because that's part of our jobs.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I think coming back to this issue of, maybe combining families or having a new family. I think you would agree with this, that far and away, the most important thing is that your kid knows that you love them still that you will always love them, that that never changes. And that is a complicated thing to have a kid understand when maybe you were just with this other person, this other co-parent. I'm sure at some point you said you love them, right? And so that's confusing for for a kid. But you can invest in your kid during this time to say, okay, we are going to, no matter what the new situation is with this family or this new person, I'm spending special time with you, time in, you are a priority to me.
1: Exactly. We both love you. You didn't make this happen, and we're going to make sure you're okay.
0: I love it. Okay, the book is Co-Parenting Through Separation and Divorce. Dr. David Hill, can you tell us where folks can find you?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I am at Dr. Dr. davidhill.com. And I'm also going to be on a new podcast for the American Academy of Pediatrics, Pediatrics on Call. So check us out. We start in July with my co-podcaster, Dr. Joanna parker belenke and we look forward to talking to everybody.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Whitney.
0: Hey, hey, hey. If you loved this episode, make sure to subscribe to the Modern Mommy Doc podcast so you're automatically notified every time we have powerful information, inspiration, and amazing guests to share with you. We would also be so honored if you shared the Modern Mommy Doc podcast with your friends by snapping a screenshot of this episode and posting it with hashtag Modern Mommy Doc so we can spread the word and help more mamas win at parenting without losing themselves. Thanks for being part of our community.